Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! It's Thompson to Clark, and as you can tell, that is not Brad Evans if you are watching on video. Brad is on vacation He's at Disneyland hanging out with the fam. And so my first option to uh, to get someone in here in lieu of Brad, he said yes, Darren Chan, San Francisco Giants radio engineer. What is up, my friend? Double G, it's good to be with you here. What, did Brad just take off now that we have a radio, radio uh, affiliate in Reno? He decided <laughs> he, to cash he, it in. He did, uh, he did ask me. I, you know, I said, hey, you know, DC's going to be on. What do you want me to ask him? And there will be a Reno radio question at some point coming in here. So, <laughs> so we'll save that. We'll save that as we get closer to the end. But um, this is uh, this is fun because we just got through the World Baseball Classic, so more eyes are on the opening part of the season than usual. I would imagine just because of that tournament and the focus on some of the players from that tournament how much of the world baseball classic did you watch you know i watched as much as i could surprisingly you know i'm a guy who was kind of down on it maybe years ago when it first was implemented i just thought it was mm, i don't know to me it was like spring training is there for guys to get in shape and then all of a sudden we're casting some of the best players we want to cast some of the best players in the world to immediately play in these clutch crucial games but over the years, I've got more interest as long as there is star power in these games. And I think with the U.S. team, especially, we saw that with a lot of big name, household name players playing. Um, I was watching, I watched watching pool play from around the world. Uh, I wasn't up in the middle of the night watching the uh, the games in the Asia pool, but um, obviously, I was tracking what was going on with Japan and how they were steamrolling everybody in that pool. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, I, I watched the semifinals and uh, well, the semifinals, the, the U.S. Me- uh, 
the U.S. Um, versus uh, Puerto Rico and the, the Mexico-Japan game. And obviously that Mexico-Japan game was so exciting uh, leading into last night's game with uh, the U.S. and Japan. And boy, oh boy, I, I tell you what, everyone was speculating as to how exciting a potential matchup with Trout and Otani facing <laughs> each other in the ninth. And to have that actually happen, that is just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you could nitpick and say, like, well, if they had to maybe had runners, uh, runner in scoring position, all he needed was maybe a single would have driven in, driven in the tying run. But just to have that matchup and to see the nasty filth that Otani was throwing, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that, that matchup was just – you couldn't have written a better end, at least for, for Japan – I think for the U.S., you know, you kind of hope that Trout just gets on base, you know, any sort of way. And it's not like Otani got him to chase anything. Like, there were two fastballs pretty much right down the middle that he was just like, hey, man, like, if you can hit it, like, go for it. And, yeah, and Trout swung through both of them. Yeah. And that's what I was most surprised about because, you know, Mike Trout – how how rarely does Mike Trout missing a fastball like that happen? But, you know, there's some talk, and I think it was Michael Young who was saying, you know, I wish we would have had Trout in midseason form. And I'm like, yeah, but what's the excuse for Otani, who looked like he was every bit of in midseason form, not only pitching, but hitting? Like, this dude destroyed baseballs. So I don't know if I necessarily buy that excuse, but I understand it. Uh, you know, and we only have to hearken back and I say only, and now I, as I think about it, you know, we're, we're, we're past 30 years here, but how the dream team in 1992 kind of created the NBA as this giant international sport, or it kind of kickstarted it. Sure. And I think the whole key to this tournament is getting the U S players to, uh, to decide to play and trout saying, yep, I'm, I'm in, uh, you know, I'm going to be the, the captain, you know, that was what's pre- what was presented to him and him, him saying, yes, that goes so far into getting the eyeballs on this thing. I saw a number, and and look, you know, Japan is already a, a great place for baseball. They did something like sixty-two million households for the mm. game against Korea. I read, mm-hmm. and that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, we we don't. You know, the only time that there's that many households on anything out here is is for the Super Bowl. So that was that was tremendous, and I just I just hope that we can keep doing this. I know that it's not etched in stone that it's just going to keep going on and on and on, but yeah. I Manafred said that he he does believe that they're going to do it because this is probably the most interest I, I would guess that uh, they've ever had. And now Team USA is like this is like uh, 1988 and and Team USA basketball, you know, <laughs> the bronze medal. It's like hey, yeah. we got to come back, you know, we got to bring our best in. The, yeah. the the problem with Team USA is that they just didn't have any of the of really good starters that, you know, they didn't have a Verlander to come in and shut down a team in the ninth inning like Team Japan had with uh, mm-hmm. with Otani or just to, just to throw out your best guys. But ultimately, I thought such a great tournament, uh, such a – I know there's some people trying to say that it wasn't that big of a deal and, and blah, 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 blah. But I, I just really like the international stuff where you get your best competing against someone else's best. And uh, just a fun tournament, even if Team USA lost. Yeah, you know, I come from the old school where uh, I, I'm of the belief that the Olympics should be 
the showcase of the best athletes in the world from from every country possible and whether or not they're pro athletes it to me it doesn't matter i know people believe that it takes away some of the shine from the from the amateurs when uh when we when we do that but i'll tell you what it the, the you mentioned the dream team in 92 and how that put on uh that put olympic basketball back on the map um I will say this, in all the different incarnations of the Dream Team and the subsequent uh, teams that followed, uh, they didn't deserve to have the moniker Dream Team to me because that team was literally a dream to put Magic and Jordan and Bird on the same team. And uh, it, that that was phenomenal. And back to what I was saying with baseball, it's all about the star power. If you're going to do this, you're going to have to have the superstars commit to playing. I, I really think that that's that's key here because we don't want to see, and I say this with respect, we don't want to see just the average baseball player on there. We want to see the, the people that make the all-star teams come together and play for one team on a, as a united front for whatever country they designate their origin from. So I think that's a, that's a lot of uh, fun in, in putting to, putting this together. And boy, I tell you what, Let's just take, say, for instance, that Otani didn't play. Would the interest be there this time, or this time around, if he didn't play? If or what if you was he was out next time? That would not garner the interest it did this time. I think it might be a fashionable thing to say, like, oh, it's you know, who cares about this tournament? It's it's all made by baseball. Yeah, well, they tried something different when the Olympics decided that baseball was out, and they wanted to showcase because. Baseball has become such a global sport over the last couple of decades. So I think it's a great thing. And I'm really afraid, Garrett, and, and I, I'm, I'm scared that owners or GMs might be a little more hesitant on letting their superstars play because of the freak injuries that have yeah. happened during this tournament. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen because it would just – that would just take away. That's one of those. Well, maybe we shouldn't go outside because we might, you know, trip on a curb and fall down. And then what do you say? Never step outside again. Well, um, see, baseball doesn't have this problem, which the NBA does, which is the idea of pickup basketball runs. Right there. I think I, I forgot. I think that there was a love of the game clause that was maybe was, was it in Michael Jordan's uh, something? There were there was some love of the game clause that somebody put in a contract basically saying you can't tell me that I can't play basketball. Cause I love to play basketball and baseball doesn't really have that. It's not like you have 10, you know, 10 guys that you can just go, Hey, let's go, let's go to the park and, and play baseball. There's so much into it. Whereas you don't have that pickup aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So that is a, a difference, but I, I do worry the same as you because of, of Diaz and, and, and Altuve uh, mm -hmm. getting hurt. Um, and you saw some of the players like Logan Webb. I don't think he didn't want to participate because of fear of injury. I think he he really wanted to be around this club in spring training. He sees himself as as a leader now. But there, I'm sure there were other guys who decided, eh, you know, I, I have a lot of wear and tear here. You know, let let let's just put every all efforts into the season. You know, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, I know he was supposed to pitch in WBC and decided not to. So, but you know, at the same time, you can look at it and go. You know, did Japan hold Otani out? Like, no, like he wanted to play. And and maybe yeah. that's just the way we should just leave it up to the players. And maybe the owners can get something in the contract that kind of protects them a little bit. But this I think this tournament it sort of needs to to continue to to stay because 
you had a dialogue around baseball at the beginning of uh, of the spring that isn't normally around baseball. So I feel like if the, some of the stories uh, uh, connect and, you know, you got the Giants opening in New York for the first time ever, uh, I, I, you know, with the interleague yeah. play being what it is. So I think there's there's some momentum here. And, and as long as the baseball doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, uh, with the new rules and all like there, there is discussion here around the sport. Thank you, WBC. Thank you somewhat of these rule changes and, you know, the interleague play. So yeah. let's just take that momentum and let's run with it, man. I want to, yeah. I want to see if, if this helps at all. Yeah. And I, and I'm curious to see if, if this will motivate more players to join up in three years to play, I really want to be a part of this. That looked really fun. There were sellout crowds everywhere. That was exciting uh, versus the ones that are saying, like, eh, I'm a little scared. Something might happen. So hopefully that the, the former outweighs the latter because I, I would just love to see more, more superstars, superstars playing and, and baseball cannot be more and a more of a running start heading into the season now, but with it's just being the main mainstream news with this baseball tournament. Yeah, absolutely. So let's actually talk about spring training because I was in, uh, I was in Scottsdale last weekend on Saturday. Got to see some Giants Cubbies, and I just like I was reminded how fantastic Scottsdale Park is, or Scottsdale <laughs> Stadium, or whatever yeah. they call it. Like, what a fun place to go watch a baseball game. I was telling my kids, so me and my youngest, who's still at uh, U of A, he, he he'll walk. Uh, this this spring and he'll be done and you know my parents are still out there though so you know mm -hmm. I was with my son and my dad and I reminded my youngest I said you know the last time we were in this ballpark was in uh, March of 2010 so I wow. hadn't actually been to Scottsdale since before the Giants even won their their World Series from 2010. Not saying that you know I'm going to bring in, in in some good 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 luck here with, with the team <laughs> or anything, but like that's how long it had been. And then when I get back there, it's like oh wow, like I remember everything from that uh, that first the first time being there. I it's just so fun, and you know I know it's it's really expensive now to go to spring training, as I yeah. saw by some of the flights that were uh, headed that way. <laughs> But uh, it just kind of reminds you of the beginning, the new beginning. And, and baseball still has that more so than any other sport, which is last year is over. This is the new beginning of the new year. Everyone starts zero and zero. Like when, you know, you're I don't know how many games that you did in the spring this year. But, you know, do you have the same sort of feeling as a fan and as a, you know, and as someone who, who's engineering these games? Yeah, absolutely. I, I still look forward to going to spring training. Now, I hadn't been down there uh, since last time I was there was in fe late February, early March of 2020. So I did the last series of games there right before the shutdown. And uh, and 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 I have really haven't been there. I've been coordinating. We used, we would hire a local engineer to cover our games. Uh, the Giants, we, we only do uh, a total of 15 spring training games. And because of those 15 spring training games, they don't have me down there full time, which is fine because there's a lot of stuff to attend to back here at the home ballpark. And as we set up and gear up for the for the regular season, right? Uh, and our broadcasts are not as extensive as they are in the, in the regular season. We only run a 15 minute pregame and, a, and about a five to 10 minute post. And you're kind of in and out. And so the production in terms of the directing and the number of uh, live reads or spots, promotional announcements, they're not as 
uh, fluid uh, as they are not as uh, frequent as as you would see in in the spring tra- uh, regular season. But to get back to your original question about spring training, um, and I want I want to give this this advice to anybody who's been contemplating going down to spring training for years, uh, what to do. The thing is, it is in an entirely different atmosphere because of the casualness of it, the smaller crowds. You're, you're going to top out no more than around 10,000 for Scottsdale Stadium. And you have to remember that any other ballpark in the, in the Cactus League is no more than probably an hour away. I think the farthest one would be in Goodyear. Scottsdale is the premier destination uh, if you're going to visit Phoenix and the Valley. We, I remember when I was with the Angels, we would have to you do we Angels did all 30 spring training games, which is kind of brutal. But we would drive, <laughs> we would have to take that hour and a half drive down to Tucson and do games at Tucson Electric Park or High Corbett Field, and I felt like an eternity get down yeah. and getting down there. And then after the broadcast, you're tired and you have to drive about 90 minutes back, barring no traffic. But here, even if the Giants aren't playing at Scottsdale. You're a short drive away from Mesa. You're a short drive away from Talking Stick. I mean, heck, you're probably less than five minutes away from Talking Stick in Scottsdale. Uh, you know, the Royals and the, uh, the the and the Rangers are out in surprise. That's not that's under an hour. You know, Peoria with the Padres and the Mariners, they're there. So you're going to get a, 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 a plethora of games to choose from, even if the Giants aren't playing, and then you get the split squad games, but in terms of what you can see at Scottsdale Stadium, get your tickets early, get a blanket, sit on the berm, enjoy that, or sit in the stands. And the only thing that used to really worry me, because it's just before the Nets went down the lines, what used to worry me was the seats are so close to home plate and to the bases, there's not a lot of foul territory. There used to be screaming foul balls that went into the stands <laughs> at Scottsdale Stadium. Not anymore, which is fine because you got the protective netting, which is right. definitely justified in my book because I've, I've seen way too many bad accidents over the years of people getting beaned by baseball. So it was definitely a, a big need. And if I can throw a tangent here, um, I remember when the Nets first went up in the big leagues and people were complaining about how, oh, this is going to infect my sight line. I don't like it because now I'm seeing a net. Look, you're going you're gonna to notice the net for just a few minutes and then you're going to forget it's there. And yeah. don't forget. The most important people that need to see the at home plate, besides the players and the and the umpires and the, the coaches, the ones that are behind the net are the broadcasters. And the broadcasters have been for decades sitting behind a backstop that has netting. So you don't you forget it's there. If you pay attention to it, you're gonna do that, which can be said, of course, about all the new rule changes. Yep. That all these new rule changes, you'll pay attention to in the beginning, but I don't know if you noticed it or not, Garrett, but after a while, when the game settles in, you kind of forget it's there. As long as there's no interruptions, which the pitch clock, you know, sometimes there is because I think it's su- still such a new rule that both uh, pitchers and hitters are getting adjusted to it. And I'm sure umpires as well. Uh, I find that rule to be maybe the best rule change that they've made. And I don't know how long because these games move mm-hmm. and there's, uh, you know, the, the problem, I got, I, it, it's not that big of a problem when you're going to the games, I don't think, but as a TV sport, baseball can uh, super elongate 
and you know it's just uh it's just those games can go those games can be so long they can be so uh de- delayed for for no reason that people can you know people can even realize uh whatever it is you know ch- pitch- pitching changes or stepping out on on every you know opportunity to uh to uh uh, I guess kind of make the pitcher wait on you or whatever. So, yeah, you know, I I like the idea of a a pitch clock because it just makes so much sense when it comes to speeding up the baseball game in spots where you don't need it to be slow. It's just not necessary for the game to be super slow uh, when you know w- when it is. And and now this this pitch clock seems to seems to you know, figure that situation out. And, you know, then there's the thing with the the pickoffs to first. Now, I didn't really see it as a, a giant problem, um, you know, of late. But there were there were times when there was more stolen bases to where you'd see, uh, you know, you you definitely see the, the pickoffs and, and trying to hold runners. But because stolen bases haven't really been that big of a deal, in uh in in recent memory um i don't know if that one w- was needed but i guess it would be a way for the starting or the pitchers to kind of game the pitch clock is just by constantly throwing over uh and 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 throwing you know and, and that's why they have it so um otherwise you know i i'm just uh I, i'm actually kind of happy with the pitch clock overall and with the way that they that they did that but um but dc i know you you kind of went went out of uh out of the picture there are you back yeah i'm here i heard everything you said so and, and i completely agree with with some of the rule changes um look this was this is nothing that i'm breaking that's that's new in terms of the philosophy and the... i think he cut out again well we're having an internet problem that will fix here uh, as he as he gets connected um once we get back to uh we'll we'll get back to dc here in a second there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket. 
now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. I think, I think he's back now. All right, okay. go for it. Apologies there. No, I, th- I think a lot of the, in terms of what you were talking about regarding the rule changes, look, it, it's, it's something that was needed. The game had evolved to, you know, so many, to kind of glacial speeds. And it's not good for the game, the, how we've evolved to the norm being of like three hours and 10 minute games. And the games that were two hours and 40 minutes being the exceptions. Uh, it Look, it, it was something that, Baseball tried to remedy over the years with various things, mound visits. Uh, that well, that was that was a big thing. Uh, yeah, it, it, that was something they they tried to enforce. Now, now, you could argue that these rules were always on the books in terms of pitching, but they were rarely enforced, and there was not a, an electronic method of of enforcement. So, I it, I think what shocks a lot of people on the on the onset is that there is not just the pitch clock. But there's this whole slew of different rules that we are now changing for a sport that's over 125 years old that, that moved at really slow adaptation speeds. Now we're getting bigger bases, banning the shift, pitching, throwovers. Um, so we, we have all these different things that we're trying to focus on to make the game better. And I think by forcing the players and the coaches and the managers to – change this style to pick up the pace we still have the great game of baseball but it's now played at a pace that's so much more enjoyable uh to everyone and to everyone out there that said well i miss those you know i i I, when i watch a baseball game i don't want to have to have it on a timer well guess what every announcer that was a former player that i've talked to over the years is for the rule changes. You would yeah. think those guys would be the hardest of the hardcore, uh, old school, let's not change a thing. Why are we implementing a clock? No, across the board, everyone uh, is for it. And one of the big guys, uh, two guys that absolutely have been begging for this are Mike Kruko and Dwayne Kuyper, who have been saying this for years. We need to get this back to where it was. And I think the benefits of a lot of the things that are going on with especially the bigger bases is that, and baseball is hoping to do this, is they're going to have a lot more base dealing, a lot more action around the bases. And I think that is fantastic because baseball did their due diligence. They put this these rules in place in the minors, and then they took the feedback from the players, and the managers, front office, and they saw what, what worked and what didn't work. They didn't just, like, baseball didn't just say, like, okay, well, here's what we're going to do, Players Association. We're going to do this, that, and that. No, they they presented everything with evidence, with research, and the Players Association signed off on it because it works. It, yeah. it, it, it sounds like a good deal. Here's a question, though, and, and this is one of the criticisms that I've read about this, which is, if you're going to make some changes, why didn't you make them a little bit more incrementally? Why did they all have to happen at once? And the one that I think I understand is, um, so if we limit the pickoffs to first base and and we are sort of encouraging, you know, maybe runners to, to be a little bit more active, did we need to do the bigger bases at the same time? Or could we have done an experiment to see if, 
stolen bases were going to be up just because you're you're kind of limiting the pitcher's ability to to throw back to that bag uh, or did we need both to kind of you know put this this new focus on uh base running again and, and really just blow it up yeah i think that that's what it was i think it's it's let's blow it up let's let's do all these changes because you know the hindsight uh, or flipping the the script on on not having all these rule changes all at once would be to slow roll these rule changes every year or every other year yeah. for the next couple of years and then at that point it almost draws more attention to it that baseball just can't settle down boy they <laughs> they started with the pitch clock and two years later it's bigger bases two years later they're getting with the shift and i think what they decided was hey look we're we're change we're making some wholesale changes some big changes to the game let's just go all in as much as we can without having to make it you know a little little too crazy and one of the things that baseball studied in their minor league research was they knew that the players gave them feedback on how long it took the minor leaguers to uh, adapt to new rules, such as the pitch clock. So uh, they presented all the hundreds of players gave their feedback and they baseball found that in the 30 day period, that was the average time it took for a a minor leaguer to get adapted to the new rules. So baseball said, perfect. This is perfect length for spring training for these to test out the rules so that once opening day comes around this stuff will not be foreign to anybody so again back to the research baseball study this it just happened to be 30 days which is ideal uh some guys are just gonna have to you know still deal with it as we as we come along here uh during the season but I tell you what, there. I am so excited, more so this season than I am for any past season, only because the game itself is, I think, across the board, is going to be so much more fun. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Now, we'll talk about one more thing, and then we can move on. The shift banning, to me, just banning it completely, and and you know, putting some rules in place as to how you can, you know, may, maybe, uh, you know, you have to be this that you can't cross over this side of the, of the field or whatever i do wonder though because this is an at this is a rule sort of against analytics and we know baseball is a, a heavy an, analytics sport sure. it's like here you know here's here's what the analytics are and this is why you know we're, we're doing this and and you know every time brandon belt you know, hits a hits a sharp ground ball through the right side. It gets gobbled up because the right field or the second baseman is playing in right field. Like I get all of those things. I just wonder if by doing it the way that they did, all it does is invite more creativity with the analytics. Like I immediately when when Brad and I first talked about this rule, the first thing I said is, well, you know what they're going to do? They're going to pull one of the outfielders and they're going to put the outfield. Uh, right where the second baseman used to be able to be, and that's <laughs> right. how they're going to kill you know the Joey Gallows of the world. Yeah, and they did that like uh, one of the first spring training games. I think I saw a team do that. Yeah. and you know the the other side will say, well, you're opening up the outfield, but the batters are so conditioned to swing the way that they swing, no matter what. I right. still think that kind of shifting is going to work. And then they're going to have to come up with another rule that says, okay, now all, we need all three outfielders in the outfit. Like that, that's the problem I see with this rule. Mm-hmm. I understand it from the perspective of 
you know, fans are used to certain things being hits and they are not hits anymore. And the only way to counterbalance this thing is to hit the ball over the fence. I, yeah. I get all of that stuff, but I do think that it's just going to invite more creativity around trying to sort of escape the rule. Yeah. I mean, ha- hasn't that been baseball's inside mantra for years? It's just yeah. kind of like, we're going to find an inside edge. We don't know what it is, but we're going to discover it. And we do it, everyone else is going to copy us. Giants well. do that really well, right? Far, yeah. Farhan and the coaching staff, they do that really well in, 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 in the whole league. You know, they, they, they do some things that, you know, things will eventually be copied. I remember a couple of years ago, and you probably do too. I, I think it was Tampa Bay started with the the opener. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We're having oh, yeah. a closer start the game. What, oh, this yeah. This is unbelievable. And now it's become almost a regular thing in, in baseball with, with, with every team implementing an opener on the fifth day when we don't have a starter going yeah or we want to we want to have just a bullpen day i mean those things were kind of unheard of years ago but again evolution we're gonna we're gonna find an edge and whether or not they implement they they're gonna ban a five-man infield i don't think that will happen but like you said if, if it shows that um it's just killing a rally or something like that i i think baseball will will figure it out i i think you, it, there's certainly a disadvantage to just having a two-man outfield even if you're playing left center right center because a good hitter will will find a way to get get the ball over but it just it just makes me think the joey gallows of this world are just screwed you know because he is a certain style of hitter yeah and a, a lot of these defenses are are based to get people like him out and he he may not be a good enough hitter to figure like if you look at Will Clark and the real like uh, I know Will Clark was on uh, one of the morning shows and this was you know this was sometime last year when I when I heard it and I'm like Will Clark is the wrong person to talk about with this because Will Clark was a good enough hitter to look at where the defense was and go okay I'm just gonna hit it where they're not like I'm right. just that good. Joey Gallo and I just I'm just using Joey Gallo I'm not picking on him I'm just using him as a as the archetype of of the player that that who they're getting out with this rule he's not Will Clark and so it's really hard for him to go oh yeah you know they're gonna pitch me this way and I need to take this ball up the middle instead of dead pulling it like I always do and then he's just hitting in the hitting into outs when he probably feels like I really hit that ball well but it doesn't mm-hmm. show up so that that you know, I, I I do worry a little bit about that, but uh, you know, a Will Clark or a Tony Gwynn would look at the defenses and go, "Yeah, do whatever the hell you want, because we're just going to hit it where you're not, and we're going to be fine, and we'll probably even be better hitters because yeah. of your gimmicky defense." But that's not really how a lot of the, the the baseball is played today on the offensive side. Yeah, and and I agree with you. I, I think that a lot of a lot of players just refuse to adapt to the defensive positioning like like probably they used to i mean we we often how many times did we see brandon belt come to bat and everything <laughs> stacked to the right side and you're like i mean yeah you could lay down a bunt right now but look at this gap if, if only these batters just learn to go the other way yeah but i think at this level a lot of players are sticking with what they got got them there and they're it's their comfort zone to to beat the shift to figure that out, uh, to, to hit it to right field if, if they're a right field hitter, uh, a pull hitter down the line if you're a lefty. So I, 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 it's frustrating in that sense. I don't think we're going to get there, though. I, but maybe that's just an optimism in me. In me. I, I think a guy like, um, you know, a, a guy like Joey Gallo is going to have great numbers uh, from, the, from the power end of things. Yeah. 
and and no matter what and that's what he's there for whether or not you know a team wants to have him position uh, position him so that they're willing to give up a a simple base hit or something like that. that's an entirely different story you know who you can blame for all of this really if we want to go all the way back now i'm sure people can go oh there's even further but you can blame Barry Bonds because he was so great and he was able to lay off pitches that he didn't think that he could crush you know Barry would go oppo every once in a while you know yeah. just sort of depending but he was so great and and so all of a sudden players would get rewarded for being such obp monster so you look at belt and you're like okay well belt doesn't really have to sit on that outside pitch and look to go the other way with it because he's just going to take that pitch and he trusts his eye that if that pitch kind of goes a little bit more inside that's the one he's going to wail on and he would take a called third strike on the outside corner that he didn't like and some fans would be down on him but i'm sure his coaches would be like, yep, that was fine. You weren't going to be able to hit that ball over the fence, so you don't have to swing at it. He's he's going to walk a lot of times anyways. But I think that it's just the mentality of, you know, someone like uh, like Belt, he's being rewarded for having a great eye, but he's also not getting uh, disciplined, for lack of a better term, for not going the other way because the mentality is, you need to swing at things that you can hit over the fence. And I think that's the main difference in today's game versus, you know, the game that we grew up on in, in, in the eighties. Now it's not to say that those players also didn't do that. Wade Boggs is, is another great example, right? He would take walks and mm-hmm. fans would get mad because, you know, dude, you got the, you know, you got runners in scoring position and he's like, but why would I swing myself into an out? Yeah. I'm just going to take the walk and then leave the person, you know, up behind me to do it. And then they would, you know, probably uh, ground out or something. And that's why the fans were mad. But I just think it's a different mentality. And, and you know, this all comes from analytics and studying the game and the game evolving, like you said. And, you know, baseball, uh, at least you can say at its core is still baseball. Like I watch the NFL and I'm not as big of an NFL fan as I am a 49ers fan. I, re- I, I just can't stop watching the Niners because yeah. uh, it's just in me. But you watch today's football, and if you watch a tape of the 1984, you know, NFC championship game, it's a different sport altogether. It almost mm. you it's almost unrecognizable in certain aspects because they just protect the quarterback so much now, and you can't, you know, you can't grab receivers like you used to. So at, at least mm. when it comes to evolution of the game, I think you're right that baseball is still still true to baseball. Uh though. You know, we can't argue with football in that they're still like the biggest game in town. Yeah, uh, totally. And, uh, you know, just just to touch on something you, you talked about with Bonds, uh, and this is drawing back to to Otani. Uh, Dave Fleming sent me a text yesterday before um, yesterday's championship game. He's been Dave's been doing a lot of games with. Yeah, uh, I've, I've been watching him on uh, FS FS One and and such. FS One, and he's been doing the games on the international feed for this this championship game as well as the uh, semifinals. And he was there for um, he was there for batting practice, obviously yesterday in Miami. And he sent a text out, and he said Otani was hitting balls further than when he saw Bonds hitting back in the heyday. <laughs> I mean, he, he was just, I think he was just flabbergasted as, as to, the, to the power that that Shohei has. Um, but but back to what you were saying, aside from the from the Bonds stuff, and, and, the game, and the game has changed. And let's talk about, like, a little bit of the 
of the way the games when when we were watching it i think uh i would say when i say we uh, as kids growing up we saw a lot more um balls in play uh we saw yeah. a lot more stolen bases which i think are such a such an, an uh, exciting part of the game that just just kind of like evaporated over the years yeah uh and, and it's a shame and I, and I think baseball is really excited about bringing that aspect of the game back because i think that's so exciting for fans to have have more action uh also turning double plays now because of banning the shift we're not going to have we're going to have more teams playing a double play depth no or evan longoria turn. taking a, a throw for to turn a double play yeah, cause exactly because right? he shaded so far <laughs> exactly yeah so i think for the for the for the guys that that uh that like seeing double plays uh that's that's going to be back too so those will be back and pitchers pitching into into ground balls i think that stuff is all going to play into it too it'll be so much fun because there are so so many ways that we're going to be able to return back to having this be uh, baseball in the main vernacular of, 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 of pro sports and mainstream of how, how we proceed here in the spring and summer. You, you know, this is a fascinating tangent that we've gone on. And, and I'm so glad, you know, when I, when I write stuff down as far as here's kind of what I want to talk about, my hope is that we just take the conversation into, you know, somewhere fun. And this is a fantastic part that I didn't even think about, which is, when you talk about the evolution of the game and and you you know you brought it up just the evolving baseball was more fun pre home run era mm-hmm. and i think some people will say well the home runs were great and chicks dig the long ball and all that stuff and i i i you know absolutely agree like the popularity was through the roof at that point. People were following Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. It brought mm-hmm. the sport back to a sense, you know, in a sense because of the strike from a couple of years before. But the foundation of baseball pre-home run era was a much more fun game. And what happened during the home run era, we can we can call it also the steroid era, which is the players saw what would happen if you're Mark McGuire and you know, you're, you already have so much power and you just took it to another level. And all of a sudden you're the most, one of the most famous athletes in the mm-hmm. world. And people saw that and were like, Whoa, wh- what is he doing that I'm not doing? And that kind of created, you know, the next 10, 10 years or, or whatever of what the sport became. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to right before that time frame, you know, you got Griffey, you got bonds, and those guys are are dominating from a more athletic level than just from a power level. And it'd be amazing to go and maybe they do this. Maybe, maybe part of the, the uh, you know, I forget the guy that they hired to kind of, you know, change up the game, or I'm sure there's a team of people, but to go back and go, can we get back to 1993? Rather than can we get back to 1997? Because if we can get back to 1993, then the athlete uh, is is paramount, and the the style of baseball is different. Now we're not gonna, you know, we're still not gonna be bunning runners over and giving giving each other up because we've that's been proven to be maybe not the best strategy in in very debatable. Runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's debatable. Um, but, you know, I think most of the teams sort of feel that it's it's not the best way, you know, maybe the percentages don't even out for the sacrifices. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see because, at, you know, I'm in high school in the early 90s and I'm I'm 
I, I would say I'm a bigger baseball fan from the overall sport of baseball in the 1990s. And now today I'm a giant Giants fan. You know, in order to do a show like this, you kind of have to be almost obsessive about the news and the information and the games. But from an overall of like, do I want to watch, you know, uh, Rangers versus Twins on a Tuesday night today in my life? There's, I, I, I may not even read a box score about that yeah. game. <laughs> but in the early 90s, you know, I'm probably watching SportsCenter or watching Baseball Tonight or keeping up with, you know, who was who was playing in that game and which pitcher, you know, went seven strong or whatever. That is that is a game that I think is is a little bit more enticing, uh, you know, for me as a fan. And uh, but I don't know. It may be different for for other people. Maybe other people just want the long ball. Maybe the Aaron Judge chase of last year is kind of what everyone wants every year. I don't know. What about you? I th- I well, I think the Judge uh, story last year was you know obviously something that just captivated baseball. But I think that's the obviously the exception more than the norm. You know, I go back to when you talked about like baseball being pre-steroid era, uh, when Bonds won the MVP with the Giants in that magical 93 season, when he, I think he batted three, three forties, 323, 326, um, 46 home runs, I don't know, 130 RBI. Uh, maybe we get to see more of those type of players rather than, and, and stolen bases too. Remember when thirty thirty was a big thing, and, and then the forty forty happened, where you know you're demonstrating power and speed all, all in one player. Uh, whereas opposed to in the last couple of years, because of the home run ball, the number of strikeouts mm-hmm. climaxed in baseball year over year. And I think with the home run and guys swinging for the fences, came with all the strikeouts. And to me, I don't think that's the grid trade off. I don't think it's all or nothing. That, that to me, that that's a that's a temporary um, happiness when you, when you're just sitting there waiting for the home run. If we can generate runs by moving runners along, uh, and whether or not you want to sacrifice the guy over to second and, and create you know give up one out, or you can get him into in a position where now maybe he can be able to steal the base at second, or go the other way with the uh, runners on the move. So. Um, I think that brand of baseball is definitely, definitely more exciting. Um, and in terms of everything else that, that you talked about, like the old school way of, of working the counts, getting walks, and, um, and 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 to go off on a side tangent, like you talked about, because <laughs> um, it things are like popping in my head as we talk about it here. It, it's a shame that that the analytics, as great as they are, and the amount of statistical information that are at our fingertips now that we have somehow devalued the triple crown stats yeah that, yeah that that the batting average is not as important as on base uh not the on base but uh OP, ops mm-hmm. which i totally get to some extent or rbis are a factor of your teammates uh and how your team's performing and your home runs or your home runs that doesn't that may change slightly but it doesn't certainly devalue those are the numbers that are that are there. So because we only have, have a handful of people who have accomplished that, who won those triple crown titles, I think it speaks volumes still on how difficult it is to achieve that. Um, but at the same time, there are all these new stats up there. Hick, you go to the scoreboard at Oracle Park. We probably have more 
uh, XFIP and, uh, other, <laughs> you know, stat lines up on the board that none of us even <laughs> couldn't even keep track of uh, all these numbers. And yeah. so I think for a lot of the, uh, the stat, the stat guys, they love to, they love to uh, do that. And, and there are a lot of percentage of, of players or fans that do that, but you have to remember that the general fan does not know uh the xfip or a- any of those or or they don't care about what 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 is a good spin rate you know how many rpms that doesn't mean anything <laughs> as to somebody saying you're a 300 hitter if i say you're yeah. a 300 hitter you know exactly that person's a is a good hitter or having yeah. a good season yeah 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 no uh getting the uh common fan to understand who's good just mm-hmm. based off of a, a quick 20 second discussion is is you know, somewhat missing, I think, for for from the game, uh, except for the home runs, yeah. because that's what you can say is the home yeah. runs piece. Uh, speaking of somebody who can probably calculate the XFIP uh, on a piece of paper with a pencil, Farhan is uh, in the is this the last year of his original deal that he signed? With the I Giants? believe so. Yes. So uh, in in this, uh, you know, when when he came on board, Obviously, he had a great resume of uh, of being able to work under some some folks. And how would you, as a fan, and I know this is kind of hard to take out, out, off of, uh, you know, to take yourself out of also working for for the team. But as a fan, the hundred and seven win season was, I think, the thing that you can circle and say these are the things that he's doing really, really well. But the other three seasons kind of say a little bit differently. And I was kind of wondering where you fit with with Farhan. And then also, I mean, I have some expectation that I would like to see him continue what he's been doing. And let's give him some more some more uh, space to continue building. Because, you know, so many things when you do this are outside of his power of people getting injured or or whatever. And I would I would really like to see this whole you know, these last four years heading into this season, I want to see a few more years of, of what he's done to see what, you know, the ultimate vision. Can we get to what his ultimate vision is? But where do you sit with that? Well, two years ago, I remember going into the 2021 season, people were saying, you know, when is Farhan going to turn this thing around? What do we got here? And the thing I kept hearing was trust the process. It's going to take time, but trust the process. And then the 21 with 107 wins, it came true. Um, so everything was just golden. And last year was obviously everything just kind of fell apart. And he still managed a 500 team in, 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 the, uh, in the end. Uh, by the way, first, first time that franchise history, that team has finished exactly with an 81 and 81 record. <laughs> it's just crazy to think about. But when we literally say it's a 500 team, it's a 500 team. Um, I would like to see Farhan extended because I think he, he, a baseball brain like him is hard to find. And I, and I do trust the process because I have seen it in person when this team could not lose two years ago. And then, you know, injuries happen. Things just don't pan out as they do a a year later. So let's see what this year brings. Um, You know, the tap into the free agent market, it wasn't without trying. They were in the conversation with Bryce Harper. In the conversation with Aaron Judge, um, it, it's it's had Carlos Correa like you can Carlos actually Correa. give them that one right and until they this didn't. Team, yeah, this team got so much crap for that after after re- doing the physicals and not deciding to, to sign him, 
and they were vindicated by the Mets because <laughs> the Mets found the same thing. Yeah. Uh, there were alarm bells with Korea. So it wasn't like the Giants are not trying to dip their hands in the expensive free agent pool because they are, which brings us back to Otani at some point. Yeah, okay, this is where I was hoping we were going. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> are we going to see a $500 million person, a $50 million a year player, a, a half-billion-dollar contract guy? I, I said, I said, watch, Tiger, years ago, I said, Tiger Woods is going to be our first billion-dollar athlete. And, uh, and, and, and the way Otani is playing right now, I, I, I tell you what, he's going to be very close to getting that $500 million contract, which is just, I mean, for guys like you and I growing up, it was like, I remember when I was a kid, Dave Winfield becoming the first $2 million man. Yeah. And that was a big deal. And Ricky Henderson being a $3 million guy. And now we have $500 million in play coming up for this guy. Um, I don't see how the Giants, and that's a quick question. Do you think the Giants are in play for an Atani? I think you have to kick the tires at least. You have to you have to look at all the factors involved here. Uh, but there, there's no doubt that uh, I would not be surprised if uh, if the Giants didn't weren't in the conversation this coming off season. Or heck, who it, I, look depending on where the Giants are in the middle of the season too, and where the Angels are too as well. I, I know uh, Artie Moreno has has stated that he thinks Otani's he's not going to be traded because he doesn't want to give up a talent like that. But I tell you what, if the angels are out of it, and by the way, how many, how many more years are they going to be out of it with <laughs> trout and, and Otani on the same team? But well, that that's what was so that that's what was so to me at the front of the mind when you had trout and Otani deciding this whole tournament is they're on the friggin' angels together. Yeah. yeah. Like why aren't they in this position? Yeah. In the postseason, it's ridiculous. Well, proof that even just two superstars are not enough on a baseball team to be complimented with good to average players. It's just not enough, uh, which is which is very fascinating uh, because, you know, for a while in the in the late 2005 through 2010, the Angels won the division every year, yeah, seemingly, and they they did it in a very weak division at the time. And now the division has gotten so much better, and but they've managed to, uh, you know, keep those two guys. But um, I think I think I would very hard to, for me to comprehend that if the Angels were out of a playoff picture, which I don't think they will be because of the new playoff format, and, you, and a lot of teams are still in it. I don't think Otani would be traded, but could you imagine the pay uh, the payday you could get for Otani at the trading deadline for for the haul you could bring in for a guy like that that can maybe take you into the postseason and deep? I mean, you could empty out someone's farm system for that. Well, this is where I wish you could trade draft picks because mm-hmm. you don't have to empty the farm system. You could trade future draft picks, which is how the NBA does it, uh, and you know you're you're out of drafting, but. You know, I, I I would I would love to see some numbers on you know the the baseball draft and and having a first round pick and and how how much uh, of that is you know uh, if you don't have one then you're kind of screwed or or maybe you're not screwed if you're good at you know finding guys in the second and third round so I that's what I wish because you know I don't know if a Luciano and Harrison and whomever deal would 
would make it work. It probably wouldn't. I don't imagine that the Angels would be looking at the Giants farm system going like, okay, you know, this is what we want to do. Uh, we're going to you guys first. They're probably going to some of these other teams first, like, you know, the Dodgers, uh, right. just as an example. But the free agent piece of it, I think they need to take what they learned from the Bryce Harper thing. And, and according to your uh, your colleague, uh, Dave Fleming, I heard him on Tim Kawakami's podcast. He said with with uh, Harper, he he believed it was simply about the highest dollar figure possible. And mm-hmm. the, the Giants just weren't willing to go over what the Phillies did. You yeah. learn from that. You learn from the judge chase. You learn from the Carlos Correa chase. And you just put an offer out there for Otani that, you know, is just the winning offer. And I that has to be how you get him. Like, let's say, let's say that they signing someone or, or paying somebody that much money sort of hamstrings the ability to find the players that you need to put around him. I think for the first couple years, as you're sort of building the farm system and hoping somebody hits like a, like a Luciano, you're, you're just going like, okay, like the fans are going to be so into this guy that, you know, maybe we are a 500 team, but he is so entertaining and he yeah. is so charismatic that the fans just are going to race to the ballpark to see him because he's the biggest star in the game. And then you have to market him as the biggest star. This is one of the things about baseball that people always say is how can you have a Mike Trout and say that he's the best player since Willie Mays? And then nobody knows who he is outside of baseball. Like that's a really, that's, that's a really bad thing. I think for the marketing of the game, mm-hmm. the giants would need to market the hell out of this guy because he could give you some runway for two or three years and then hoping that some of these prospects come in and maybe the TV deals, you know, you know, you get, get a little bit more money here and there, but you got, you got to do it because the one thing that this team doesn't have today is that one player who the fans know is going to stick around. Brandon Crawford is in the last year of his deal. Mm -hmm. They signed all these guys like Conforto, to you know, one year and then opt out on the second year if you want. Same thing they did with Radon last year. It's like Logan Webb-ish mm-hmm. is kind of the guy right now. And Logan Webb is great, but he's not Lincecum. And what yep. you need is Lincecum, and you can have Lincecum and Barry Bonds on the team at the same time. I would just pay whatever it took to get him. Yeah, and that's and that's what uh, the other factor you 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 mentioned is very very uh, poignant. Is that Otani? transcends being a fantastic and uh, all-time great baseball player in his, in his career so far with his marketability. Um, you know, if the Giants had signed Judge, season ticket sales may have doubled this yeah. year. Uh, that's all it would take. And that rule could still be in place next year if the team uh, does it. But as the Angels have proven, it takes more than just one or two superstars for a team to be competitive. You need to surround them with a great supporting cast. And I think that's why the Giants would not be one to go all in for any kind of trade deadline. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree uh, with you about that. Like that. And you, you save all your, you, you save it up and, and here's, here's what our, our battle plan is, as we go into the winter meetings, as, as the off season happens, what are we going to do here to possibly land this guy? What will it cost us? And what would we get back? Uh, advertising, 
Um, that's one of the big reasons why the Angels signed Albert Pujols was to get them on the, you know, get Angels baseball on billboards all around Southern California. It's getting Shohei would be uh, as, as your franchise face for years as he becomes your superstar that people come from around the world to come see at Oracle Park. Um, the Japanese dollars for, for the rights, the TV rights coming in, advertising from Japan. All these added things are taken into consideration for what it would cost to, to bring a guy like that in. And what does it entail? And what, where do we see ourselves after the, the honeymoon one or two year period after you sign them? Do we have the guys that uh, are ready to go? Do we, is, is Harrison pitching now? Luciano up? Uh, what have we got here that, that's clicking right now? Is Casey Schmidt a superstar? Is he, is he turned out to be something that, that, uh, that the Giants have, have, uh, have known for a while that he could turn into this, this sleeper and, and turn into a great player? So you have to look down the line. And I think Farhan's got this fantastic team that can foresee not only what's going to happen this year, but let's look down the next couple years. And this is what our game plan is. This is how we're looking uh, down the line with the uh, 24 Giants, 25 Giants. This is who we have locked up. And this here's here's the direction of the game and where the, the money is going to be. What's the cap going to be as, as, as things progress here? I think he's got all those things figured out. And that's, that's why you got to have a guy like Farhan that understands and games the system like he does. Yeah. All right. A uh, couple of other things before we get you out of here. You've been so gracious uh, hanging out here. Uh, let's ask the Brad question. What, uh, how did it work getting the Giants back on uh, the, the Reno airwaves? And I don't even understand why they were gone uh, from the, the airwaves prior to that. Like, how does that work? What's the inside scoop on how that thing works where you can actually, you know, bring the team back to a market on the, on the air? Well, um, the last time we had a Reno affiliate was 2017, and um, I think the call letters were KBBT up in, I could be wrong on that, up in Reno, and the Giants were on a an, an old school hip hop station of all things. Wow. Yeah, it was it was kind of a rare thing. And, that would have been my favorite station in Reno. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was right, right up your alley. Um, and the guy that was running the station uh, called me in the offseason after the 2017 season and said, hey, you know. I just don't think our format's going to be able to to keep Giants baseball on the air, and and it's unfortunate because I am a huge Giants baseball fan, and so we talked about some of the possible ideas, maybe of a sister station coming on, and they couldn't do it, and none of their music formats could support it, and with much of media the way it is now, and over ter- over the air terrestrial radio, there are limited number of ownership groups that own multiple stations, so that it kind of handcuffs you in terms of who you can reach out to. So there are five major ownership groups in the Reno area that own radio stations. And we struck out on, on all five of them going into the 2018 season. Uh, Rinse and repeat for 2019, 20 and 21 and 22. We just couldn't secure a station. Uh, Last year, we actually had a station that was contemplating carrying Giants baseball, Ownership was in Las Vegas. They had a Reno station. They wanted to do some Giants baseball. They could only commit to once or twice a week. And that wasn't just going to cut it because we wanted some consistency up there. And then uh, this past offseason, one of the groups that we reached out to uh, called us uh, to renew interest. And they were Evans Broadcasting Group up in Reno. 
And they have a uh, country music station uh, that simulcasts on the AM dial, 1300 AM, KCMY. And they wanted to put Giants baseball on the air. And so as it stands right now, we got the deal done within five days. Uh, all Giants games will be on 1300 AM in the Reno area. All night games and uh, all night games will be on simulcast on 93.7, I believe. Let me get the sheets here. Uh, simulcast on their FM. And let me look this up right now. It's actually 102.5 FM. So 1300 AM for all the games and all the night games will be simulcast on 102.5 FM. And I believe there's also a simulcast on one of their HD2 stations. I don't have that number right now. But that's kind of how it came about. And, you know, we have such a big – and that was one of the big priorities that the Giants and KMBR wanted to put together – was to get the Reno market back because we know there are so many Reno fans, uh, Reno Giant fans up there. Um, everyone knows Mike Kruko, that's his residence. He's up there. And every year we talk about Reno and he says, DC, whatever whatever I need to do to kind of help make it happen, let me know. Because everywhere I go, people are asking me, where can we hear your games? How can we hear your games? And he would give them the short answers. We just can't get an affiliate right now. But this year – uh crook has been doing a great job he he spoke to ownership and uh, uh and part of the deal he's been on their sister stations to kind of warm up and welcome giants baseball back into the reno area he couldn't be more ecstatic because mike doesn't do all the road games so he's back up in reno and now he can get into his car and he can just simply turn on 1300 a.m rather than have to search on on the, on the xm or have to <laughs> dial it up on the app so it's a win-win for everybody we could not be more pleased to uh fill a, vo- a void that was the Reno market for Giants Radio. Awesome. Uh, okay, last thing for you. This is more of a, you know, you are now, you are a veteran uh, of this of this game here and what you do. Uh, do you have this, like, are you feeling the same butterflies that, that you always feel? Like, how, how are you, where are you in, with, with your, your career as far as, like, you know, just being excited that, it, that we're getting back going again? Yeah, um, this is my 22nd or 23rd year of doing this. I spent 16 with the Angels, and this is my 6th or 7th with the with the Giants. So uh, Giants, uh, every year you get excited about, uh, about baseball as, as just a pure fan. And going back to work, uh, so to speak, with uh, the best announcers in the game in my book, um, it's just something I look forward to. Uh, and, I, and I'll tell you, there are times as, as, as just to give you an indication of how fun it is to work with the group of broadcasters in our, in our circle, there are times where we have off days either at home or on the road. And you're like, ah, I love the off days. Don't get me wrong, but I could do another game right now. <laughs> and that wasn't always the case. Trust me. I mean, there, there are the, the players feel the dog days with summer. Everyone in broadcasting feels the same thing too. Uh, when you start hitting these really hot and humid cities on the road and you're just like, uh, your, your body clock is out of order because of all the time changes. Um, and look, the game itself, Giants baseball, I mean, spring training, everyone in every camp around the majors is optimistic about their team. Even if you have a team, you're a follower of a team that's not supposed to do well this year, uh, you can't help but but be excited because it's it's, it's always a big what if. And it's just it's a fresh renewal. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun again this year. So I don't expect any changes uh, to answer your 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 
question in long form, uh, not making a short. Yes. Looking forward to Giants baseball coming back. And interestingly for Giants fans here, the start of the season, the beginning of the season is Thursday. Yeah. March 30th in New York, 10 a.m. start yep. for Giants fans. So you have to be up early on uh, on Thursday morning. For those of us who get to work at home like me, it's it's actually pretty cool because I can have <laughs> the game on in the background. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so you to check out uh, check out the radio broadcast a lot of times. And you know we have to find a solution for this, which I'm okay. I, I I hate that we don't have the solution, and I I think I understand why, but. I would, you know, expect that it's more about these national games than because when you when you watch the local when you watch the Giants on on Bay Area um, NBC Sports Bay Area, you get to hear the commentators that you're accustomed to. But like if you were listening to a national game, I want to hear my radio guys. <laughs> Why is there not like a button I could press to sync the radio immediately with the TV? Like this, this there's a someone you know there's a solution out there for this because you know there's no there's really like. Uh, I think we're spoiled out here uh, with yeah. the team that we have. And it, it's so it's so great to hear these guys after all the years because, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, a lot of times for, for baseball, this is why Vin Scully it was such a legend. Like if you were a, a little kid listening to the Dodgers, you know, when you're 50 years old, you're still listening to the same guy. Yeah. And like that's so tremendous. And to have the longevity of the guys that we get to listen to, uh, you know, and, and Kruk, and Kype, the best friends still doing this together. Like that is magic. Yep. And we, we need, I just want to listen to them more than, you know, instead of, uh, and no shade against some of the national announcers or some sure. of the, but you know, I just, I also just enjoy the radio broadcast in of itself. Yeah. Uh, just because that's what I grew up on, you know, listening to Hank Greenwald and when all the games weren't televised. So I don't know, there's, there's something out there. Someone needs to fix that. I, I can't believe that, well, that we don't have a solution. Let me give you a tip here. If you have the MLB app or MLB.tv and you watch it online, there is an audio toggle option that allows oh. you to listen to a radio overlay of the video. Um, that is, as far as I know, that is not translated to the MLB app on Apple, either Apple TV or Fire Stick. Or right, you right, watch right. TV. But if you're watching on your well, it used to be only on your like desktop or laptop where you could toggle and choose Giants radio feed over the broadcast. And then last year, uh, I believe it was the first year where they started allowing that on the app where you could choose the different audio feed. Um, now, what sometimes will happen is if there's an if there's a Sunday night game for ESPN, they'll also give you the option of putting ESPN radio's national broadcast and sometimes I think they'll just restrict it to the home radio as, a, as an audio option as well. Uh, so something, sometimes you may not have a choice of both national, uh, both radio broadcasts on a national game, but it is out there. And, and, who know, and I don't know this for a fact of, of whether or not they've opened it up even more going into this season. We'll just have to wait and find out uh, next week when we open up the season in New York. There you go. That, that's, uh, that's great news. Uh, all right, so uh, really appreciate you you jumping on. Where where can people find you if they want to uh, follow you on Twitter or or wherever else you may be? I'm on Twitter at four one five DC. I'm pretty dormant during the off season with a couple uh, things here and there on my mind, but during the uh, baseball season, 
Uh, I like to promote a lot of the uh, upcoming like pregame guests or stuff that's happening in game or stuff that, uh, you know, like one of the things we got into big last year was John's introduction into the Wordle world. Uh, that, was, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And, and <laughs> I remember my tweet was like, John Miller is learning Wordle on the air right now. And the, the response was unbelievable. You would have thought that we said that John had become uh, just was announced as the Pope. It was like, uh, it was, it was fantastic. So follow me there on Twitter. Uh, that's the best way to do it. But, uh, uh, Garrett, thanks for having me on anytime. I love talking baseball. I love talking pro sports with you. Um, good luck with the rest of the, I'll see you out of the ballpark. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, my, my kid, my oldest, he lives about a five minute walk away from the park. So we both said that we're going to, we're going to go to more games this year for sure, because, you know, I can just park at his spot and then walk over and and it's it's great. You know, one thing, one more thing before we get out of here. Yeah. Is there a notification through an app? And I should know this. I don't know why I don't know this. But after a Giants game is over, I just want to listen to the rap. Mm-hmm. Is there a, an app or is the KMBR app or whatever your KMBR uses to where once the rap is about to start, I can a notification comes to my phone and I can just pop it open and listen to the radio version of the rap. No, as far as I know, that isn't there, but that is a fantastic idea. That's what I want. Because even if I watch the game on TV, I want to hear the rap because that's a, it's like it, you know, the last time you were on, I think we compared it to the, the TNT NBA show. Like those are my guys. I want to listen to those guys break down the game and, you know, cut jokes on each other and make, yeah. make whomever go first with their picks. And it's like that stuff is the magic, right? I, I, oh, I, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it could be it could be argued that the rap is the most popular part of our broadcast. No, I love it. So, yeah, I would love I, I just wish and maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe it's uh, KMBR tweeting the time cues of, oh, the rap is coming up, you know, click yeah. on this and we and, you know, we can that that would be great because uh, sometimes I just, you know, I'm the game is going on and and then I forget and then I come back and I turn on, I'm like, Oh, it's over already. You know, bummer. So that would be, or as a a downloadable podcast, that would also be cool. Even if you put it, if if maybe the KMBR app app had it on notifications, like if you, you you do get the notifications from them, yeah, that that would be a great idea to, to put it on there. All right. There Um, you go. Yeah. And, and and it's just to, to squash another question. I know I'm going to be getting here in the next month or two (laughs) is that, uh, we don't control. I know everyone wants to see the wrap back on NBC Sports Barry on the post game show. Um, unfortunately, we don't control that part of it. That's more of an NBC decision. And right now, uh, the cameras aren't in there. Not to say that they wouldn't be back. They were taken out for the pandemic, uh, for used for other things. But in terms of getting that back in the format, I know that's a big thing that a lot of people love watching the wrap, and I get it. Um, but right now, the only way to do that is just to listen on the radio. All right, the rap is my favorite thing to do while or listen to while I'm doing the dishes uh, yeah. late, late in the evening. And now the games are going to be going, you know, 20 minutes faster. So I know it'll great. it'll be even <laughs> earlier. So that'll be great. All right, thanks again, uh, Darren Chan. Uh, amazing, just you know, not only just the fact that you work for the Giants, but that you were a, a Giant fan and you have so much knowledge historically of the team. I, th- you know, I don't know if anyone can, you know, can actually calculate this, but I, I think that even probably makes you better at your job just by knowing so much about the, the franchise and the team and and radio and everything. So again, thanks to Darren. Uh, So for Darren, uh, Brad, have a fun vacation. Brad will be back next week. 
I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Hey, race fans. Justin Bell here, former racing champion and host of the new F1 podcast, Drive to Win, presented by Win Las Vegas. Join me on the show each week as you'll be swept behind the scenes for an immersive look at the culture, technology, drama, and glamour of Formula One. There's something for everyone, whether you're new to the sport or a lifelong F1 fan. So join us each week as we cover every twist and turn of the F1 season on the Drive to Win podcast. That's Win, spelled W-Y-N-N, presented by Win Las Vegas. Available now on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.